Hey, everybody. Mike here for a uh, little solo Burn the News episode of Jackman Radio. Um, trying to do these more. Uh, I'd like to be able to do this, you know, every single day. Um, we're definitely ramping things up with uh, Jackman Radio. We're going to be interviewing more people, and we are in the process of uh, getting a studio space. So we're hoping we'll be able to um, go into a studio space in September. So that's really exciting stuff. And we want to keep creating uh, more content for you and more up-to-date stuff. So just wanted to co cover um, a couple of news stories here today. Uh, obviously, in the news is the death of Donald Trump's first wife, Ivana. Ivana Trump. She was a great person. She was a great lady. She was a great mother. I never changed any diapers, but uh, from what she told me, the nannies did a great job with those diapers, and they were very stinky, believe me. They were almost as stinky as Crooked Hillary's campaign in 2016, but uh, what can I say about Ivana? Basically, without Ivana Trump, um, who Donald married in, I think, 77 or 79, you really wouldn't have had the brand of the Donald. Um, she dubbed him the Donald, I think, um, after their divorce in the mid-'90s. And, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that happened with Trump Tower and a lot of the uh, decor and projects that went on um, was Ivana. And she did a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And, uh, you know, they were like two peas in a pod. They were uh, they were described as like uh, <laughs> uh, twins almost, you know, a male version and a female uh, counterpart. So it's uh, it's very interesting. Um, the rise of Donald Trump coming out of the 70s when he was still kind of cutting his teeth and, you know, getting in with the uh, development in Manhattan and, you know, leaving leaving Queens uh, for Manhattan, which is really where he set his sights on. And I think Ivana was a huge part of that. And um, I don't think you would see the, the, the brash, big personality uh, of Trump and what he later became with The Apprentice, you know, without Ivana. So I think that was worth touching on. And of course, with any high-profile death like this, you have people who are who think that it's a conspiracy or something else going on. But it looks like the coroner said the cause of death was uh, accidental, although she did have some injuries um, towards her side or, or midsection or something like that, which some people thought was a little suspect. But um, I, I just looked at this information. I haven't I haven't done a huge deep dive into it, but you know she's uh, she's in her early seventies and. Uh, by some accounts from some friends, was in failing or poor health for a little while. And uh, for people over 65, unfortunately, falling down the stairs or falling down is a contributor to uh, to uh, death. So, you know, uh, that's kind of what I tend to think happened. Uh, is it possible that there's something else, you know, nefarious or, you know, someone else was involved? Of course, it's possible. But um, I think at this point, I think it's, it's an accident. It's not like, you know, falling off of uh, the Lady Ghislaine, like Robert Maxwell did, type accident. You know, he just so happened to fall off that naked in the middle of the night or, or slip, um, when in reality he was probably probably taken out. <laughs> and, uh, oh, we got <laughs> Jesse Ray. I believe that Epstein whacked her. Yeah, well, somebody uh, somebody whacked Epstein, so I don't know what he's – he's not doing much whacking these days. He's been uh, – He's swimming with the fishies with Jean-Luc Brunel and uh, Robert Maxwell, you know, no pun intended. And now that the Lady Ghislaine is in prison, um, you know, we're not going to hear about it as much in the mainstream uh, media. You're going to hear 
you know, what kind of sentence, what her time in prison is going to look like and, you know, what, what that sentence is going to be. But, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, she, it's possible, you know, she could, she could survive and make it out as long as she keeps her mouth shut on who the clients were um, because she's, she's not saying any of the big names. Um, although a lot of them have been in the news with the Gouffray lawsuit and, uh, you know, other interviews from some of the other victims, we know a lot of the names and a lot of the allegations, but I don't think you're going to be seeing any of those guys going to jail, which is unfortunate, but it seems like that's kind of how it goes, uh, with our system. Some spring your super chats and comments here, guys. I'll do my best to to get to them. Naturalist capitalist Reed, how you doing, man? We need wall. Look, you know, maybe when uh, she was walking down the stairs, somebody should have built a wall or at least a guardrail, some kind of guardrail, so she could have grabbed onto it. But uh, they ruled out Marla Maples. Okay, nobody saw Marla Maples near the property when it happened. So, quite frankly, we think it was an accident, and uh, we wish her well. So. You know, and actually, when Trump was in office, I think uh, one of his brothers passed away, or his last surviving brother passed away, and I think he had been in poor health for a while. I mean, the thing is, a lot of these people are—they're they're old. They're a lot older than than people realize. Like Trump is, uh, Trump just turned seventy-six last month. So, you know, if he were to come back for the next uh, the next campaign, which I, I think he is going to announce, you know, he's not going to be a uh, a spring chicken. You know, he's not going to be, you know, I am young. It's amazing how young I am. People can't even believe how I'm like the youngest. I'm young and I'm thin and I'm handsome. But he's, uh, you know, he's going to be going up against Brandon again. And, and boy, the, the Vegas odds makers are, uh, they're worried about Brandon. I mean, there's even all kinds of articles in the mainstream about Gavin Newsom potentially running to replace him or, uh, you know, Buddha Judge or uh, even Kamala, which I, I think it's even a, a bigger stretch to think that Kamala would be uh, the one on the top of the ticket versus Brandon. I mean, they're both just so bad, and it's just going so poorly uh, that I, I doubt that uh, either of them, you, you know, I think if you look at the percentage-wise, percentage, percentage -wise, even at the uh, Democratic Party, they, they, they want someone else. But, you know, if they get Brandon propped up just right, like Weekend at Bernie's, and uh, they get him looking – you know, less crypt keeper-ish. They could throw him in there for another term as a placeholder. I mean, he's already a placeholder now at this point. Um, someone commented that he looked like, uh, <laughs> I forget what it was. It was it was uh, not the crypt keeper. Oh, uh, yeah, on Timcast, uh, I think it was Dave Landau said that he looked like Mason Verger from uh, the Silence of the Lambs sequel, Hannibal. And he, he, he kind of does. Cordell, hey, Cordell, where's Hunter? You know, Hunter, maybe uh, maybe we could put Hunter on the ticket. We're going to have Hunter run. He's going to do an art showing in Chicago. And he's going to be talking about crack and guns going off and trash cans and employing women of the night because he's got a proven track record of doing that. He brought those girls from New York City on an Amtrak. That's a jobs creator, man. He wrote personal checks. Only a couple of them bounced. That's not that bad. Let's see, we got a couple other super chats. Not super chats, but uh, chats here. Mr. Max Mercer, how you doing, Max? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ivana had a, she had uh, two security cameras there. They just uh, happened to uh, go out at the same time, and both the guards were asleep for a half hour, and yeah, <laughs> that's likely. 
Mr. Reed Coverdale, we need DeSantis versus Trump. Yeah, a lot of people in the liberty movement, and uh, Reed definitely is. I was talk, I've talked to Reed about this. He likes the idea of DeSantis versus Trump because that would just sow so much chaos, and it would be really entertaining. I mean, let's be honest. We, we, most people at this point with politics, they're they're here for the friggin' popcorn, man. The entertainment show, you know, the American Gladiator aspect of the whole deal. Um, it's become more and more cartoonish and clownish and entertaining. Uh, you know, arguably past the 2012 election, which was pretty boiler, pretty boilerplate and standard with uh, Romney versus Obama. But I, I mean, 2015, when God King Trump announced, and since then, the last seven years, it's just been accelerated. It's 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 been um, yeah, it's been one freak show after another. So I want to see a large clown car of candidates and. Um, you know, a lot of people in the MAGA movement uh, don't want to see DeSantis versus Trump because that'll splinter and that'll cause, um, you know, dissension in the ranks. But I think, you know, like any good campaign or competition, it's good to have competition to see who would win out in that slugfest. And I would have said Trump, you know, a year ago, but the more I'm seeing from DeSantis and what he's setting up down in Florida and what he's doing, um, he's raised a ton of money as well. I mean, uh, Trump certainly has raised a bunch of money off the whole stop the steal thing, which he didn't use any of that for those purposes. Um, but I think he could find a way to siphon that into a campaign campaign mode. Um, and look, I'm asked all the time, okay, I've got firefighters asking me, I have police officers, I have doctors, dentists, all kinds of people, chiropractors, plastic surgeons, they all want to know, Trump, are you going to run again? Are you going to do it? And I say, look, I can't say for legal reasons, but I think you're going to be very happy. And I think, quite frankly, when you look at the competition, it's very disgusting. And we're going to do a great job, and you're going to be very happy. So I do think that he's going to be running again. And, um, you know, I don't think DeSantis wants that number two spot, though, man. I think DeSantis wants to be um, on the top of the ticket. I think, you know, you get a couple of alpha dogs going for the going for the bone just for the chaos. Yeah, well, I mean, they're making a sequel to Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. So, you know, either the campaign comes first or that movie. It's both going to be the same result, <laughs> you know. DeSantis won't run. He doesn't want to be cocked by Trump. Analytical failure. Nice to see you. Thanks for joining the stream. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's young, though. DeSantis is like 43. So I think he's got the ideas of the MAGA movement and the strategy, but he learned, you know, from a lot of the mistakes that were made when Trump was president of, of what not to do. Um, you know, he's very slick. He knows how to troll. I mean, he's, he's an A-grade level troll. The war that he's got going with um, Governor Newsom in California is very, very entertaining to watch. They take a lot of shots at each other in the press. So, yeah, I've been enjoying uh, seeing that. And Newsom, you know, has spent tons of money to do ads in Florida. And, uh, of course, DeSantis is trolling California from Florida with his ads and um, the strength that he showed with Disney when he told Disney that they weren't going to be running things anymore and they weren't going to be able to create their own rules and bylines. I thought that was pretty based when DeSantis did that. So I think you're going to see a lot of that energy going into the next uh, the next cycle for sure. Hey, Annie and Jackman, that's that's my beloved auntie Annie. How you doing? Looking forward to seeing you soon. Big supporter of uh, the channel and, and uh, of me and Eric our whole lives and we love you, Auntie. Okay. 
I think he'll be happy to retain governorship until he has a clear path with no orange man in the way. Yeah, I think that's a good point too. Um, I mean, if, if it is the king again, we could get him for another term if he if he wins. Because um, honestly, I think if the election today were held today, things are going so bad with uh, Crypt Keeper Brandon that the king could get back in there. I mean, look, gas prices, okay? Just gas prices alone. And you're going to see places probably like California, six, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars $10 a gallon in gas. And regular people, even in places like New Hampshire, where the Jackmans are, five, six dollars a gallon. Uh, it's about five dollars a gallon. And um, the Honda vehicle that I drive to fill it up, uh, about a year and a half, under two years ago, um, it's it's double now what it costs to fill the tank. So that's noticeable. And you know, you can't just blame that all on the president or who happens to be in office at that time. But that's a that's a part of it. I think I think that's a big part of the. Um, the optics and a big part of what people perceive, you know, certainly the way markets can go, who, who's in power um, or who who's, you know, helping to shape some of the policy that goes out. I think it does have an impact, but it's not everything. I mean, the last time we saw gas prices this high, I think was like 2008 when George W. Bush was still in there and they were, they were well up over $4.450 a gallon. Um, so I think that was the last time. And, you know, of course, under Brandon, we've seen inflation go through the roof, but the roof. But this has been a long time coming too. you know, just continue with the Fed continuously printing the money is, is going to drive up inflation. And that's really how it's always been. So but when you go to the grocery store and, uh, you know, you, you get like two or three bags of groceries and it's like 80 freaking dollars. Uh, it's it's hitting people, you know, where where it hurts and where it counts. And. You know, your average person who doesn't usually pay attention to politics or the news cycles, well, they, they know that. They know the checkbook. They know um, they know to pay attention to that. So there's going to be a response, you know, okay, th these people are in uh, office, so we're going to vote them out. So you'll probably see a swing back to red. You'll see some more MAGA candidates get in there that the king has endorsed. I have a great record endorsing, okay? I think we've only lost like two or three elections, and those were probably rigged as well, quite frankly, if you look at it. Chat from Adam Fitzgerald. Yeah, I heard she was speaking at that. And I, I think Nikki Haley's had a great relationship, um, you know, with Israel and certainly APAC and interests like that that are in the United States trying to, you know, shape foreign policy. And uh, yeah, I think by all accounts, when she was the ambassador for Trump, um, you know, they, they were happy with each other and he was happy with the job that she did. And uh, yeah, she, she's definitely probably a second or third tier credible candidate for, for 2024. Um, but if she's running against the King, I, I, you know, that's going to be, he's going to continue to dominate news cycles and uh, suck up a lot of the air and oxygen in the room. So, but I don't, I don't know that he'll, he'll have as much fight in him as he did in like the 2016 election. Um, Cause certainly for 2020, he just, he seemed like a lot angrier. He seemed seemed more tired. Um, you know, I, I think a lot, I mean, a lot, a lot of it got to him. I mean, he's being pestered for four years straight with the Russiagate nonsense. So that's going to impact anybody. And he was dealing with the media all the time, you know, every single day. I love those press conferences. I do miss those, like him shouting at Jim Acosta and CNN, sit down, okay? No, sit down, you're done. Next question, okay. Oh, you're a failing news organization too. Okay, go ahead. So I definitely miss that. That's um, 
that was entertaining. I love the, the disdain and the contempt that he had for the press. Although they had they have a real asymbiotic relationship, you know. They gave him like five billion dollars in free coverage during the 2016 election. So they made they made a ton of money. Uh, he got the coverage. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize even early on um, forces aligned with Hillary Clinton and the DNC were fundraising and promoting um, uh, the idea of putting Trump on the ticket because they wanted to run against him. So, you know, that Frankenstein came back to bite them in the ass in a really big way, a way that they probably perhaps didn't see coming. Matt Fedorka Hinckley based. Yeah, like a turkey based. Like your uh, your favorite uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's very based. Yeah, Eric actually uh, got to uh, meet Marjorie Taylor Greene on the steps of the Capitol over the weekend. He was down there with uh, um, Primetime ninety nine Alex Stein, who's had a big week. He's been uh, he's been dominating news cycles of his own with his stunt there that he pulled with AOC, and uh, he went on Marjorie Taylor Greene's show, and uh, yeah, they brought. They brought the uh, they brought the jamming, the culture jamming down to DC. His comedy show got canceled too, um, so that was interesting to see. Fire Pixie, we love we love Fire Pixie. You do an amazing. Nobody lights my fire like Fire Pixie. Quite frankly, you do a great job. Uh, thanks, Auntie Jesse Ray. It's just like George Carlin told us: garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, one of the things I really like that Carlin used to say, um, he's like, you know, you got the Republicans and you got the Democrats. Neither of them give a shit about you. They don't care about you. They don't give a shit about you. He's like, and you hear them talk all the time about bipartisanship. Oh, it's going to be a bipartisan bill. He's like, well, when you hear bipartisan, you know you're getting screwed doubly. And I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he's basically calling bullshit on the whole left-right paradigm, which I think he was absolutely correct about. And uh, there was a great multiple-part documentary series that came out like a month ago on um, HBO Max, all about Carlin. Awesome documentary. All kinds of old footage and interviews and um, a lot of voiceover from him throughout his career. And, you know, how he basically just, he was just grinding for years and he never gave up. And his wife was a huge support system for him, you know, every step of the way. And he'd be going out on the road and not really making a lot of money and, and playing these smaller clubs. And he was just unbelievable. And it's crazy to see to this day, all, all these old clips and, um, you know, routines that he did, they end up, you know, being cut up on Twitter or whatever. And they're still just as relevant as they were when he originally said them. So I love to see that. That's uh Carlin, man. What would he think? What would he think about what's going on today? I think we have a, probably have a pretty good idea of what he would say about Clown World in 2022. Same with another comedian that I really love that was very, uh, you know, truth conscious was Bill Hicks. Um, man, what, what, a, what a brilliant mind that guy was. And I think he passed at like 32. So, yeah, Carlin and Hicks, man, two huge influences on me for sure. Max Mercer. Hello, Mike. Hello, Max. Like Max Shrek from Batman Returns with Christopher Walken as the mayor working with the penguin, which quite frankly, the plot for Batman returns was like my campaign. Okay. I'm going to go down in the sewer. I'm going to work with Roy Cohn. I'm going to do things that quite frankly, they're going to make a head spin. That's one of my favorite Batmans. 
General Meow Meow. <laughs> Economic decline go burr. Yeah, man. It's uh it's not good, Tommy, as Tim Dillon says in the wallet skit. <laughs> a lot of people are struggling uh, right now. And um, yeah, it's who, who knows how far off the cliff this thing's going to go. What are we like? They say 30 trillion in national debts at like 30 trillion, but it's probably more closer to like, like 35, 40 trillion. I mean, I don't know. They're just going to keep printing it. Nikki State. I'm from Nikki State. I hope to God not. She's awful. Where is she from? Is she from one of the Carolinas? Is she from North Carolina? I think it's a southern state. Nikki Haley. Clinton's pushing Trump as a GOP candidate. Yeah, I mean, they were they were hoping that uh, Trump was going to be the nominee, and they were puffing him up in the media. And uh, once he started winning those primaries, man, and things were coming back, and it was becoming clear that, that Damien was to be um, – be the candidate, they got scared, you know, and I have to say, honestly, and I told a lot of people this um, during the 2016 campaign, I really did think Hillary had it in the bag. I mean, that was kind of the prevailing wisdom from everybody, um, whether we liked it or not. She was the anointed one, you know, Donna Brazil exposed the fact that they cut a deal with all the major mainstream media sources like NBC and CNN and MSNBC, that if they were to get access to uh, Crooked, um, that they were going to ask her these softball questions and they were going to, you know, be nice to her and, and run certain talking points. And then, of course, what happened with uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz um, during the convention when they screwed Bernie over. Uh, so all that stuff, you know, it, it like I said, it came back to bite them in the ass. And I, I think it's gotten worse for the DNC since then. I mean, the thing is just such a cesspit and they, they're not doing anything for any any. Uh, um, real progressive candidates or real progressive people in the party. And uh, they're, they're just going with their, you know, they're going with Bi the Biden Harris middle of the road corporate doctrine. And uh, that's not, um, that's not doing anybody any favors. And really in the last couple of years, they've been promoting all this woke nonsense. And uh, they, I don't, I don't think a lot of them really believe it. I think that for fear of retribution or being labeled something, they go along with it and they pander and they um, mix that with uh Corporatism, and it's, it's gross. It's just really gross. We can all see through it. Off topic. You do have the picture of the best beetle on the fridge. Fire Pixie. Oh, you're a Ringo fan, huh? Yeah, I got a couple of friends who are uh, serious musical scholars, and they, they both contend that Ringo is their favorite beetle. And I'm here for that. Um, I'm a musician. I play the drums, and I've been playing for most of my life and I became a drummer because of uh, because of Ringo Starr because of this man right here I think he's a criminally underrated drummer he gets slagged a lot for his skills as a drummer but I think he's a great singer too I mean I've seen Ringo perform live three times and he always brings it he does a hell of a show so I'm, I'm glad you uh, you spotted Sir Richard Starkey up there on top of the fridge and on top of the world really Sad him and Paul are the only two that are uh, still with us, but what can you do? What I would give to hear just one hick stand-up on modern U.S. Yeah. I mean, you, again, you can go back and take a clip of Bill Hicks in the early 90s talking about Poppy Bush and his invasion um, of Iraq and then, you know, everything with Kuwait and his foreign policy. And it's, <laughs> You can apply that to the last, like, three... Certainly his son, you know, W. Bush, 
and uh, you know the, the last two presidents with the Middle East. So it's uh, yeah, I bet Bill Hicks would would have a thing or two to say about what's going on. I always appreciated his bits on the Kennedy assassination. You know, he's uh, he's down in the south, and they're like, "Hey, man, why, why do you always bring up JFK? You know, why are you why are you always talking about Kennedy? You know." He's like, I don't know. Why do you guys always talk about Jesus Christ? Why can't you get over that? He had a, a great routine about that and a great shtick about going to the uh, Texas School Book Depository and, and uh, looking out the window and being like, holy shit, they're lying to us. They're lying to us. You know, because I'm like trying to figure out where the gun's going to go out the window and it's like going like this and going on this way. And yeah, there's some classic. You can do some great YouTube uh, rabbit holes in, into Bill Hicks. And uh, yeah, great, uh, great stuff, man. One of my favorites. I, I, I discovered him in college, actually, because um, a friend of a friend, you know, was we we're all hanging out drinking or whatever. And he's like, man, you, you you remind me a lot of that comedian, Bill Hicks. Have you ever heard of him? And I'd never heard of him. And then all I had to hear was a couple minutes and it just clicked, just clicked. Got a couple more chats here trying to get to all of them. Oh, thanks, Fire Pixie. South Carolina. OK, she's uh, She's antebellum. Okay. <laughs> Dirty Donna. <laughs> Is that the nickname for, for Nikki? <laughs> Dirty Donna. <laughs> Freethinker. How you doing, Freethinker? Good to see you. Sorry I'm late. We'll have to go back and catch up after you finish. Absolutely. Thank you. Woke is a placeholder for economic platform the left wants, but will never get from Dems. So Dems pacify voters with woke instead. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's you're seeing that you're seeing a lot of a lot of groups being pacified and being paid lip service and having their asses kissed um, and buffed, and the, the entities and the corporations and people in power and politicians that are doing it, they don't really give a crap. They could care less about what what month it is or or you know what happened with this group or or, or this minority. They don't really care about that, you know, because they don't really care about people. Um, they use it, you know, to look good, and ultimately they use it to make money. I mean, you know, a nice corporation like Nike, you know, those are, uh, yeah, great people. They do a good job. Them and Kathy Lee Gifford, they've done a great job with the sweatshops, and we're very proud of them. We quite frankly, we love to see it. <laughs> I love doing it as Trump, you know, because he's the shit-talking Trump voice. All right. Well, super chat your channel when I get my bank card sorted. Oh, I appreciate that. And we're on Venmo too, guys. Um, Eric wanted me to remind everybody that we are on Venmo and that's a great direct way um, to uh, to support Jackman Radio. You know, we are like I mentioned, we're getting into this studio and um, everything we've done the last seven years has essentially been out of our own pockets because we're passionate about this and we love doing it. Um, I would love to do this full time. I'd love to be able to do these streams every single day. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, charge on, charge on with it and continue forward. But um, that's a great way to support us. Uh, and we are on Patreon. I'll share that link really quick, too. Uh, we have, I think, close to 30 patrons. And we really appreciate that. That really helps. It bought, bought this microphone, uh, these headphones. I think it, e it even helped go towards the laptop that I'm streaming on right now. So it's uh, it's a great way to support us. And if you like the topics that we cover, uh, our interviews, our portfolio, we, uh, we've we done a lot of great interviews. 
and um, years and years of reading and research. And we try to present that in an entertaining, fun, informative way on our streams and our shows. We want to keep doing that. So if you want to, uh, you want to become a patron, that's great. And we do it. We really do everything for free though. I mean, we're not, nothing's behind a paywall or anything like that. So regardless of whether you sign up, you're going to get the best from our best, as Connery says, your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and get the prom queen. She was the prom queen. Really? Little rock there for you. Fire Pixie, part of the Ringo fan club. It's simple because he acts so goofy that no one seems to take him seriously as a drummer. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, you know, the thing is, after the Beatles broke up in 1970, Ringo was the only one who was able to get the other three to appear on any of his solo albums. And uh, he maintained great relationships with uh, John and George up to their deaths. And, um, you know, Paul and uh, George, you know, came to his wedding in the early 80s. And they did that track all those years ago um, as a tribute to John after John was killed. So Ringo's always, everybody loves Ringo. I mean, you know, there were a couple times where he wasn't being treated so great. So he did leave the band, you know, for maybe a week or a week or two, but they always brought him back. You know, I think they sent him flowers one time and they were like, you're the best drummer in the world. Please come back. There's only so many tracks I can play on. You know, I can play a hundred instruments, you know, Paul McCartney. I could do all the instruments, including drums, but nobody does it like Ringo. Even Paul has to concede that. They always, they always bring him back. They always bring Ringo back. I hope to see Ringo again. He was touring, but the Flu World Order caught up with the tour, so they had to uh, they had to cancel some dates. But they will be back, and I will be there if possible. Lauren, Bill Hicks has a bit about Ringo, something about how they were so high they wouldn't even let Ringo sing some songs. <laughs> yeah, he's like. Uh, um, talking about the, the you know doing the drugs and the songwriting process and he's like he's like oh my god look Ringo's up on the ceiling <laughs> what's Ringo doing on the ceiling let's pull him back down and yeah they were so high they wouldn't even let Ringo sing some family guy did a great has a great bit that you can find on YouTube where you know the John and Paul are talking about their songwriting process and trying to write a song together and Ringo comes up to him and he's like hey I wrote a song and he hands it to Paul and Paul's like, oh, that's great, Ringo. We'll take it and put it right up on the fridge. <laughs> Treat him like he's like a little kid or something. That was funny. My boy, Reed Coverdale, naturalist capitalist, Kaufman. Oh, yes. Jeremy Kaufman, who's running for U.S. Senate uh, as a libertarian candidate in the great Granite State, New Hampshire, will be the guest on Four Horsemen uh, this Sunday with Eric and uh, Ryan Dawson. And Reed Coverdale. Coverdale's the guy. Get him out of the truck, off the road, and into the White House. That's going to be a pretty base time. I think Kaufman, Kaufman's made some awesome ads. If you have a chance, check out his Twitter. I think they're on YouTube as well. But um, <laughs> I think Reed was involved in creating several of them. But they're uh, they got one war is gay where it's like <laughs> they got uh, you know bombs being dropped by our you know, are made and dropped by defense contractors and they put like a rainbow flag on them. And yeah, I think we should make war gay. I've always been equal opportunity about making war gay, making bombs gay. 
you know, you don't have to be straight to shoot straight. I like that one. That's a good one. Hey, Jordan Andy. Jordan, give me a hand. Do you have small hands, Jordan? FPC. Yeah, Jordan is a uh, Franklin Pierce distinguished alumni where Eric went to college. Uh, Franklin Pierce, it's now called Franklin Pierce University. Uh, but to those who were in the know, it was called Franklin Pierce College, uh, which many thought was Fisher Price College, which was a nickname uh, probably for the you know amount of drinking and and uh, slacking off that some of the student potty did. Uh, but uh, Jordan's a fun time. And he's the better call Saul of Vermont. So if you need any kind of like any kind of legal legal help or anything like that, he's he's your guy. Where is Eric? Eric's actually working his day job right now, believe it or not. I was able to, to do this. Alexander Emelianoff, thank you very much. Support the Jackman boys. I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Jordan, we love you too, man. It's great to see you last summer. Uh, appreciate you coming down to see the band play and ringe and have some barbecue. You know, we like to have fun and play music and talk about conspiracies and eat barbecue. We want to keep doing that, okay? <laughs> They're good guys. Well, we try. Thank you. I saw Eric with Alex Stein clip they showed on. Oh, cool, on Rockfin. Yeah, next stream we do with Eric, I'll have to have him give you guys a review of, of uh, his, his, you know, VIP time with Primetime 99. I guess they had a great time in D.C., uh, Mar you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene showed up and they were on the steps of the Capitol doing a J6 reboot soft relaunch. Okay, we're going to go down there. We're going to march. I'm going to be with you. I'll be right there with you watching from a, a comfy couch in the White House with hot cocoa and well done steaks with ketchup. But uh, yeah, it was a good trip. It was definitely a good trip. The world is just a roller coaster. Bill Hicks. Right, yeah, talking about, yeah, it's a ride. And any time you can get off the ride, because it is, it's just a ride. That's a great, that's a great inspirational uh, Bill Hicks clip you can listen to if you're feeling a little maudlin or you're feeling a little down, you need some inspiration. You know, Bill Hicks, as funny as he could be and, and, and like outrageously, you know, belly laughing funny, um, he was also incredibly insightful and introspective and, um, just just very smart very very brilliant guy still such a huge loss man that he's not around <laughs> how about your car insurance <laughs> well you know what jordan in new hampshire we don't have to have car insurance okay that's all i'm gonna say okay if you get david hasselhoff to co-host you could call it jack hoff radio but i'm thanks general mau mau I've always loved one of my favorite movies Hasselhoff did was the one that his daughter filmed where he's on the floor of the hotel eating the burger. He's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I think it was like a Wendy's burger he was eating. It's incredible. That was a that was a low point, but I thought it was a great performance. And I think he did sober up after that. So let me take a sip of Pellegrino in honor of uh, David Hasselhoff drunk on the floor eating a burger. Yeah, the correct, the correct spelling. 
I was first exposed to uh, Hasselhoff uh, Baywatch. I was a big uh, Baywatch guy. I, I looked at Baywatch for the uh, for the articles. I like Baywatch for the articles. <laughs> Can we get a Trump impression shilling for Jack and Radio? I think that's what I've been doing the last 35 minutes, Alexander, quite frankly. Uh, if you look at a lot of the times the Jackmans are behind a the mic, they're doing my voice. They've made a lot of money off me and my image, and I think I'll probably sue them, okay, quite frankly, because nobody's ever seen Rosie O'Donnell and the Jackmans together in a room, okay? So I'm not saying that they're the same entity, but if you shave and put a wig on them, you know, let's talk about it, okay, quite frankly. Fire Pixie. I love rain. We love rainbow frogs. We love gay frogs. We love LGBTQI, CIA frogs. We love them all. I, I want to make all the frogs gay. Quite frankly, I love I love every frog. You know, even the ones from Sandy Hook. Fire Pixie, you'll Venmo me if I give you a really good Miss Lindsey Graham. Wow, how about that? Well, Fire Pixie, I got I got news for you. Me and Senator Larry Craig are going Broadway. We gonna start our own vaudeville performance. We gonna come out with the with the Rockettes and do our little dance with our leggings. It's gonna be a good time. And the show, the best part about it, it's being underwritten by Raytheon and Blackwater. So it's gonna be dark and it's gonna be deep and it's gonna be moist. That's, uh, I hope you like that one, Fire Pixie. That's for you. <laughs> Lindsay's always with us, you know? We love Lindsay. Lindsay, come on, come out. Come out of the closet, Lindsay. It's okay. It's okay. The just a ride bit was the most touching thing I've heard from a comedian spiritual. Yeah. Yeah, man. The, the just a ride, like, yeah, that, well, like I was saying, when you need some inspiration or, you know, and Carlin's work too, man. I mean, there's tons of great comedians. Um, I need to go into a, a Bill Hicks deep dive, I think, soon. Maybe next time I'm having some whiskey or something, you know. Um, he was also a musician. He released a couple of albums, and uh, there's a great documentary that came out probably like a decade ago about him, and I think his family or sister or his estate were involved in that documentary. And uh, I, I don't the name of it escapes me, but it's, it's worth watching. It's really well done. They got really cool animations in it. Um, you know, some interviews and voiceovers uh, from him. So that's definitely worth watching. Jordan, it was room service. What was room service? <laughs> what do you mean? Amazing. Oh, thank you, General Meow Meow. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Free thinker. Is that is that... Poikinen, or is that pasta as free thinker? Maybe that's pasta. I, guys, I'm not on Twitter or Instagram. I guess I need to get one going so I can figure out who uh, who's who. Call. Have you been on AM Wake Up? No, I haven't. Um, Eric's been on there. And, yeah, we had uh, pasta and Poikinen on Jackman Radio. We had a great time. Those guys are a lot of fun. Tearing it up out in Vegas. I, I got to get out there to visit them. We, we would have a lot of fun for sure. Um, but I'd love to go on AM Wake Up Call. Yeah, uh, let me know anytime. <laughs> 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 
we're going to still keep bombing brown people and I'm still going to keep doing my thing and you still going to keep electing me. I'll serve you a bowl of grits wearing a skirt if you want, if you give me enough in the Venmo. Fire pixie. <laughs> Thank you. And another way to support us, um, if you guys like this, uh, this Twisted Clown show, is uh, buy me a coffee. You know, you don't have to become a member. Um, you can, it's like a tip, basically like a virtual uh, tip jar. Yeah, buymeacoffee.com slash Jackman Radio. Um, you, you know, I don't know, you can do 5 10 or 15 bucks or whatever. And, uh, yeah, or become a patron. I'd love to see our Patreon double. That'd be cool. I just want to do this full time. I want to do this full time, folks. We're doing InfoWars 15, 20, 25, 35 hours a day. You know, we're tired. Okay. I'd say try an AOE, AOC impression, but you will lose brain cells attempting it. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I don't really have an AOC impression right now. Um, I'll work on it, though. General Meow Meow, I will work on that for you. You know, AOC, uh, they're saying, some people are saying her for 24. I don't know if she'll quite be 35. Maybe she'll be old enough uh, to run, and then by the time she would be inaugurated, she'd be 35. But I'm pretty sure you have to be 35 to run for president, or at the day of inauguration, you have to be 35 years old. But I'll work on an AOC. I'll work on it. Primetime could probably primetime ninety nine could, could probably do a good uh, AOC impression. That was that's they're saying that's the best, still a better love story than Twilight. You and your brother need a sketch comedy show where some of your scenarios with your characters become real. <laughs> Lindsay on Broadway. <laughs> hey, if you like that analytical, I'm doing another one called Lindsay and Lindsay, which is me and Lindsay Buckingham going on a road trip together saying nasty things and eating carbohydrates and saying nasty things about Stevie Nicks. Rocky, thank you so much for hooking us up on Venmo and, and being an awesome supporter. Really appreciate it. Alexander, I've donated so much money to Reed Show when you're on to try to get you to do Lindsay. Oh, I hope I've done it every time. I really appreciate that, Alexander. I'll do Lindsay anytime for you. You just give me a call. We can go on down to my favorite holler and We'll do some, make some bathtub whiskey and hang out in the leaves and roll around and talk about days of antebellum yonder. Oh, we got a super chat here. John B, Sloop John B. I'm a Tulsi supporter, but her participation in WEF Davos Young Leadership Program, along with Newsom, concerns me. Your thoughts? Well, the young leadership thing, was that something that was years ago or, or before she was in Congress? Or I, I honestly don't know a lot about it. I have to look into it. And I know a lot of people were concerned about Tulsi being um, part of the CFR. And when we had her on Jackman Radio, I asked her about, you know, conversations she would have with the, um, with the head of the CFR. I forget his name off the top of my head. But basically her explanation for her CFR involvement is – she wanted to bring her anti-war perspective and how she feels about foreign policy to the table. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to have a seat at the table unless you get a seat at the table. And sometimes that means you got to toil with some uh, unscrupulous people. And uh, politics is a, is a dirty game no matter how you slice it. So even people who have integrity like Tulsi, they understand that they got to 
you know, when she was in there, if, if you want to get a seat at the table, you got to, you got to elbow some people and get in there. So, um, but yeah, the, the world economic forum Davos, I don't know a ton about that. I'd have to look into that. Uh, Newsom. Yeah. I, I don't know a lot about Newsom's involvement either, but yeah, I mean, any of these groups, obviously these are globalist groups. They're, they're pro war. Um, you know, they're, they're pro regime change around the world. And, um, I, you know, I don't know what those meetings look like, but um, certainly Tulsi said that she was there to promote an anti-war, anti-regime change uh, view. So I'll have to look more into that. But John B., I really appreciate your super chat. Hasselhoff ate a room service burger. <laughs> Is that what it was? Room service brought it in. I love how you know that. <laughs> Slow the news days, poking in convo couch is pasta. Right. And AM wake up is Steve and pasta together. Yeah, with their powers combined, they they're they're very powerful. They're very powerful out there on the strip. And I, you know, Auntie Lindsay would like to come out there with some of his savings and post some slot machines with some of them Chippendale boys. So if Pasta and Steve could make that happen, Auntie Lindsay gonna be there. He gonna do it. Do your libertarian libertarian shtick where you go off about all the different types of libertarian that you are. Uh, that's more of an Eric and a Reed thing. But I think it's kind of like a little bit Lobert, a little bit uh, fakitarian, and a little bit Meesey, Meacock. I think that's what you're that's what you're referring to. <laughs> AOC got booed the other day at a concert. Oh, really? Was it a J-Lo concert, a J-Lo uh, impersonation concert? And they didn't they didn't like her. If SNL wasn't retarded, you'd be... Uh, I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, it's funny. In my high school senior yearbook thing, they, you know, one of the questions is, what's your dream or what do you want to do in life? And I said, salvage SNL with my comedy. How hubris How hubris is it for an 18-year-old to say that? But, uh, yeah, well, if, if they weren't retarded, they would have hired Shane Gillis. Brilliant comic. Um, yeah, SNL is pretty... pretty they're largely irrelevant. They did a skit with Epstein a couple about Epstein a couple years ago, and they had him like down in hell, and they had other people down there joining him. And you know, they're, they're, yeah, it's they're 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 a DNC clearinghouse. I mean, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty obvious, pretty apparent. Just like all the late night shows years ago. I don't know. Oh yeah, with, with uh, World Economic Forum. Well, hey, John, I'm going to look into that. Alex is going to look into that. I'm going to get back to you. Uh, I got my my uh, army of frogs are going to be jumping around, tadpoling around, looking into the, the Klaus Schwab, Klaus Anal Schwab, uh, Infowars Doc Schwab, Brendan Schwab. We're going to look into all that for you, John. Sloop John B., I love you. Thanks for your comments. <laughs> fire, ah, oh, Fire Pixie, I love you. Big heart to Fire Pixie. What a beautiful supporter. Beautiful supporter of speech and uh, transparency and not fake news, but real news, not the fake stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Freethinker. Oh, Fire Pixie, you never have a mint julep until you had Auntie Lindsay's mint julep. The secret ingredient, and I'm going to share this with you because I like you. You sprinkle in a little bit of Agent Orange and that julep, and you get that right kick. I like to serve that whenever I go to Vietnam. Bordertarian. That was the other. That was the other libertarian uh, thing. 
No, it's great because the libertarians have a sense of humor and they're, they're not afraid to, uh, it seems like this cycle, uh, get in the muck a little bit more and, 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 and do some street fighting. Um, we were supporters of Gary Johnson in 12 and 16. And uh, I remember one time having dinner with Gary and, I, and we were just kind of talking about the campaign and some of the strategy and I was like, you know, I was kind of fired up. You know, I was like, Gary, Gary, you got to go out there, man. You got to kind of go into attack mode, and you should, you should say this at one of the debates. And and he's like, oh, no, we're not going to be doing any of that, okay? We're, we're not going to be attacking or saying those things. We're we're going to run on fifty laboratories of innovation, and we're going to exchange ideas. And what's Aleppo? So that's kind of what we can take away from that. Vin Salman is evil but cute, no? Yeah, Vin Salman has major magnetism. I mean, if you, you know, if you need someone to, to chop up a, a journalist, Vin Salman's your guy. Get him out of the embassy and into the White House. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon knows. But yeah, no, he's, Vin Salman has a major allure. Are you kidding me? Him and Putin should do like a calendar with 10 other strong men. Like we'll get Bolsonaro, we'll get Don Jr., um, We'll get like the, the ghoul there from uh, Belarus or I forget what country that was. There's one ghoul who's like, he, he's a Putin acolyte and he has like a gym and uh, we could have him be on the cover of that, uh, of that calendar. But yeah, Brandon went over there and met with Ben Salman and uh, depending on whose news agency you believe, they talked about um, Khashoggi, obviously. And, uh, Ben Salman clapped back. He's like, oh, yeah, Khashoggi? Why are you so concerned about Khashoggi? What about that American uh, journalist that the Israelis killed that you guys aren't saying anything about? And I, I think that's a, uh, that's a great point. That's a, that's a valid point on Bonesaw's behalf to bring up. Um, that was not collateral or an accident. Uh, that journalist clearly had uh, a helmet that said press on it um, or her jacket, you know, or, or vest said press. And the way that the bullets were and how she was shot, where it wasn't it wasn't sloppy. She was targeted by a sniper. They killed her because they didn't like what she had to say about what's going on over there, the Gaza and the West Bank, and her reporting and what her news stories are. So they killed her. And there's there's not going to be any kind of accountability for it. Just like there's not going to be any accountability for Khashoggi's death. So those are some ghoulish en entities that have the power to do that. And when Brandon or Trump or whoever shows up and, you know, raises their hand, oh, um, may I go to the bathroom, please? Oh, and, and can you stop killing journalists? It's just going to be uh, just going to be the same same result. Yeah, Chechnya, the strong man from Chechnya, dude, he loves Vlad P. Dude, he's a major fanboy. He's got like a gym and I don't know if he, he did the motorcycle stuff with the night wolves but if you guys have never seen a clip of the motorcycle gang in russia uh driving around with putin dude it's everything they got putin in kind of a granny one that has the, the has the one wheel on the front and the two in the back where it's they kind of got training wheels for putin so he's not on a, on a real motorcycle so he doesn't fall and it's not embarrassing it's like when he's ice skating or playing hockey like he, he's he's not the best hockey player but he still scored 13 goals in their last game Tulsi called out Turkey and Saudi, but not, I don't know if I'll, Elon Omar or what, what you're referring to there. Fire Pixie. Imagine my lack of surprise. Yeah. So, you know, 
we're seeing a lot of the same old stuff. Um, I, I did a stream the other day with uh, 9-11 researcher Adam Fitzgerald, and we talked a lot about um, how this is in the news now because of what's going on with that golf league, uh, the LIV golf league, and they're actually having their tournament at Trump's Bedminster. So the the, the levels of ghoul that are on that are, are, are just tremendous. And they've given, um, you know, golfers like Phil Mickelson, like 150 to $200 million. And, you know, I understand that there's other golfers who aren't making that kind of coin and the PGA, they certainly, their policies suck. They should pay their golfers more. Um, but it's not about the PGA. It's not about what golfers are paid. It's about the fact that Saudi Arabia was involved in the 9-11 attacks they funded several of the hijackers. Money was coming over from a princess of the Saudi kingdom. Um, you know, it's the family members who've been fighting to have that information released for 20 years. And um, they want accountability and they want justice for that. So right now, golf, it's in the news because it's golf and it's a sport. You know, it's, it's a popular sport. And some of them are American golfers. Some of them are from other countries. Um, but they're being paid a lot of money by Saudi Arabia. Um, and they're being accused of sports washing, which I think is a fair accusation. Um, but I, I, mean, I also made the point, uh, you know, if you had $100 million dangled in front of your face, what would you do? I personally wouldn't take $100 million from Saudi Arabia. That's no amount of money could, could make you feel good about yourself, no matter what you're doing, whether you're a golfer or making a movie or whatever your profession is. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's very blatant what they're trying to do with that, so... That's how I feel about it. And one of the last news stories I wanted to touch upon was the shooting at the uh, Indiana Mall. Um, I think four people were killed and another two injured, including a, a, like a 12-year-old. And there was a uh, young fellow, 22-year-old fellow, uh, after the, about two minutes or so, maybe a little bit more after the shooting commenced, was able to stop the shooter um, you know, with, with his uh, legally owned firearm. So... The authorities and everybody there knows he's a hero, and he prevented that uh, from being an even worse slaughter than it was. So it's um, continuing to see all the stories about the shootings is absolutely horrific. Um, but that guy prevented it from, from being a lot worse. So I'm glad to see that that angle of it is being, uh, is being covered. I think it should be talked about. Hero, yeah, absolutely. So... Yeah, guys, so I just wanted to do a stream and talk to you and uh, cover a couple news stories, and I really appreciate everybody's support. Um, we are on Podbean. We're on YouTube, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple. We do we do Apple. I think iTunes. I think we still do iTunes. And, uh, yeah, if you want to support us, you know, hit up the Venmo that goes right to us and the Patreon or buy me a coffee. And uh, we got great things coming studio space in September, uh, more interviews that we're working on. We're going to be doing a lot more stuff with Reed Coverdale and Naturalist Capitalist. And, uh, you know, I think liberty is alive. Liberty and freedom is alive. And uh, we'll keep talking about these issues and, uh, you know, having conversations with our beautiful fans like Fire Pixie. <laughs> I left so hard. <laughs> I appreciate it. We got we to gotta laugh too, guys. Yeah, I want to I do more streams with more more impersonations and more uh, more humor and, you know, obviously politics and conspiracies is the bread and butter, and we're going to be doing a lot more with that, but we want to do more with music and uh, film and pop culture and, you know, television shows that we like or find merit in. I mean, a lot of it's garbage. Most movies that have come out, it's just complete garbage, but there's, there's diamonds in the rough to be had, so... 
All right. Thank you, everybody, and have a great day.